The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Let's go. Get up close and personal with some of your favorite male porn stars on One on One with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, one-on-one showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular male performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to One-on-One with Poppy Chulo. Today is Thursday, June 8th, 2023. Listeners, please welcome crossover adult star on the rise, Kyler Drake. Welcome to the show, Kyler. Hey, Poppy, how's it going today? It's going pretty damn good because I got Kyler Drake here. It's certainly, I mean, I got to say this, man. Like, you are a bit buzzworthy. Like, people are talking about Kyler Drake. So I'm, I'm glad to have you on so that we can chat about what you've been up to in this business. Of course. It's my pleasure to be here, too. Fantastic. Awesome. So let's dive in. I typically like to start off these one-on-one interviews by getting some unique stats out the way. So what's your height and weight? So I am six one, and my weight varies between usually one ninety to two hundred five, depending on like what kind of workouts I'm working on, whether it's more like cardio focused or more like muscle weightlifting focused. What's your ethnic background? So I am like mostly Caucasian. It's like seventy percent like white, and then there's a little bit of mix in there of uh, Northern European, some German, and uh, a little bit, uh, believe it or not, of uh, Nigerian, just a little bit. It sounds like you did a twenty three and me type of situation. I did uh, Ancestry.com. Yeah, okay, there you go. Yes. <laughs> Very nice. What's your zodiac sign? So I'm a Sagittarius. And how old are you? Oh, I am 35 years old. All right. Let's get to know a little bit about the man behind the performer. Where are you originally from? So I'm from a small town called Los Gatos. Uh, it's basically next to Cupertino, California, uh, right about eh, five miles away from Apple's headquarters. But, yeah, the San Francisco Bay Area in California is where I did most of my growing up, although I was originally born in San Diego. What was life like for you growing up? What was young Kyler like? (laughs) Let's see. Well, I discovered that I loved nature uh, really, really early on. We'd go camping all the time. Uh, I do a lot of, like, cold water swimming, which is uh, something I've uh, really, really been, like, passionate about. And uh, see, mostly I started off uh, going between a few different schools and then uh, trying to determine what I wanted to do through college. I went to San Jose State, graduated with a bachelor's in business administration, and actually, ironically, ended up in technology instead. Uh, and that's what I've been doing for the last, like, eight to ten years, uh, working through at Apple, Microsoft. And then, uh, yeah, moved up here to Oregon and continued the tech uh, journey up here. That's fascinating because you were involved in an industry that's like nowhere near the adult industry. So, you know, what was what was going on with your life prior to entering the adult entertainment industry? So it was mostly doing martial arts. I did that for a good solid 10 years, still do it a little bit on my free time. Uh, there was a lot of traveling involved with that. I would go to places like uh, Russia, Finland, and Japan martial arts training and then uh, when that cooled down a little bit and I moved to Oregon I focused more on like tech here and then uh, I guess the transition to the adult industry happened not too long after moving to Oregon uh, the Portland Oregon area specifically and uh, right around the time of COVID oh okay all right when a lot of people decided you know what let's try this OnlyFans thing 
<laughs> yep, yep, that's about right. That's fascinating. What's what's really interesting about the entire situation is that you move from California, which is where a lot of porn is shot, and so you move to Oregon, and then that's when you decide, you know what, let me give this a chance. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's super funny, the irony in that, too, when you think about it, because uh, it's usually easier to shoot people or cast people when you live in, like, main areas where the adult film industry is, like, centered, whether it's San Diego, Las Vegas, and uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Definitely, yes, that is 100% true. So how did you make the transition? Like, you know, how did you entering the adult industry happen? Was it as simple as... I'm going to create an OnlyFans, or was it a little bit more intricate than that? So it was uh, kind of unexpected, and it came out of, uh, well, I don't want to say it came out of nowhere, but it was a little bit unexpected in how it happened. So when I moved to Oregon, um, you know, I had this thing about when I was uh, going to Europe and doing all these other things, like I'd hang out with friends, and we'd have like threesomes, and they'd invite me to like some orgies and sex parties, and I'm like, okay, I'll go check it out. And there's this one place in uh Portland, Oregon, called Club Pravada, right? It's kind of like a swingers club. And what happened was, like, I'd been there a few times, but I met this one girl who was like, hey, let's uh, let's go put on a show for everyone on the second floor. And the second floor of Club Pravada is kind of interesting. It's like this this area where you have, like, a kind of a semi-small bar surrounding two large king-sized, like, beds. And usually they have, like, porn playing on a TV, like, right above the bed areas. And I'm not going to lie, like, that's the first time I had, like, done anything in that area of Club Pravada. And the girl was like, no, come on, you'll like it. Like, we can uh, show off a bit. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be interesting. I've never done this before. But anyway, we ended up uh, doing stuff right there in the second floor uh, orgy beds, right? And uh, it just attracted this huge crowd. And I'm like, oh, shit, this is intense. And so, anyway, long story short, after about a solid, like, 25 minutes of, like, fucking, I was like, okay, might as well just show off since there's a crowd, right? We finished, and something really funny happened. Like, everyone started clapping, and I'm like, oh, shit, okay. It was, like, really, like, loud uh, applause. And so her and I, like, we stepped off to the side where the little, like, changing spot was, and one of the people that worked there came up to me, and he's like, you know what? In 14 years of working this uh, place at Club Bravada, I have never seen anyone get, like, applause like that or, like, any applause at all. And so I was like, oh, shit, okay, I guess, like, we uh, must have put on a really good show or something, just me being completely naive, right, and just not thinking there was, like, something bigger behind this. And so then someone else came up to me, and I was like, hey, man, have you ever thought about doing, like, OnlyFans or, like, adult work? And I'm like, eh, I'm like, maybe, like, I work in tech right now. I do, like, IT and cybersecurity. I don't know. And so he's like, tell you what, he's like, if you're interested, uh, if you want to, like, try and join my OnlyFans and my Chatterbait, like, you can probably make, like, $8,000 a month. And I'm like, oh, shit, well, <laughs> when, he, when he threw that number out, I was like, that was a little bit surprising, right? So long story short, I looked into it, and he wanted, like, kind of, like, an exclusive, like, three-year contract. And I'm like, ah, I'm like, you know what? Having to, like, stick down to something for three years, like, being tied in, I didn't want to be, like, tied into something so much like that. So at that point, I started looking at ways to get into it on my own. And long story short, Sean Cody reached out after I reached out, uh, you know, via, I think, what was it, sexyjobs.com or something like that. And once they uh, reached out, did my first two scenes, and then um, shortly after that, Next Door Studios and Active Duty were like, hey, we want you as well. And uh, from there, uh, the rest is history. For the last year and a half, about 27 to like 30 different adult scenes. That's what's up, man. Props. I mean, it just spiraled. That's crazy. So before yeah. that moment, before that moment where someone approached you and was like, have you ever thought 
about doing adult work. Had you ever thought about it? Like, was it at all like a teeny tiny little spark of an idea in the back of your mind? Or was this really a sort of right place, right time situation where someone, you know, mentioned it and you were like, hmm, I never really thought about that. Hmm. Well, I suppose if you ask any guy, like, you know, any guy that's watched porn has probably thought about that at some point thinking, oh, this is awesome. Like, this is so fucking horny. Like, I wonder if I could do, like, adult work or be a porn star or something else like that. Um, So I think everyone's thought about it, but I didn't seriously consider it until that event at Club Bravado when someone threw a number out like that. I was like, oh, wow. Like, you can make that much from doing this. I'm like, huh, okay, maybe I should look into this a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, basically uh, the start of it there. Let's talk about your performer name. I feel like a name in the industry is incredibly important. You got to pick the right name. How did you come up with your performer name? Oh, so basically, I thought, all right, don't want to make it too much like your real name, but you want to mix it up a little bit. So I was like, Kyler sounds pretty good. And then I was thinking, okay, I got to come up with like a good last name, right? And so, on a side note, I'm a big uh, House of Dragon and uh, Game of Thrones fan. So. Is anything with, like, dragons I thought was kind of cool. So as I was randomly browsing through names, I came up with this old English definition of uh, Drake, right, which refers to uh, dragon, like, in the old, like, English tongue. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, cool. Uh, like, Kyler Drake, like, that's real enough sounding, not too crazy and uh, c- kind of catchy, right? So I was like, all right, I'll pick Drake. Like, another way of saying dragon, I'm like, cool, let's do it. Very nice. Okay, because I was going to ask about the unique spelling, but now I get it because it's old English. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, exactly, because there's, there's two ways to spell Drake, right? There's with the Y and with the K, and uh, obviously people are more familiar with the K. That's actually probably more modern English or modern, like, American way of doing it. But, um, yeah, there's some older ways of spelling Drake, which is with the Y instead, and I'm like, okay, I think this one's a little bit more unique, so I'll go for that one. Absolutely. Now, I know that you just referenced it, but I want to get it for the official record. In total, how long have you been in the adult industry? See, as of now, we're talking just about one and a half years. So I'm still somewhat new to it, but, yeah, just a year and a half, give or take. Definitely. All right. And in the time that you've been in the industry, I would consider you to be a bit of a crossover star. That's how I introduced you. Like, you have done straight porn. You've done bi porn. You've done gay porn. So I guess the the (laughs) most logical question that your fans and supporters might have about you is, how would you personally define your own sexuality? So if it's talking strictly sex, like just for enjoyment, I like fucking both guys and girls, right? Like it's, and actually, especially both at the same time is probably my most fun. I fucking love threesomes. Uh, Just, they're so wild, especially the ones I've had in Europe. It's just like, God, so primal. (laughs) But yeah, I would say if you're looking at like for an actual definition of my sexuality, I think it's fair to say I'm straight, mostly because like I've only had relationships with girls. And I only feel an emotional connection in those relationships with girls. Uh, But when it comes to having sex, whether it be guy or girl or both at the same time, uh, yeah, I definitely like both, just from a fun standpoint. And as I mentioned, you're considered a crossover star because you're doing a little bit of everything. And I want to get your take on being a crossover star in the industry. You've been in the game for now a year and a half. Uh, There was a moment where, you know, I would say, because I've been doing interviews for like about 15 years with performers, and, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, 
10 plus years ago, it was very difficult for performers to be crossover stars, like just period in the industry. Crossover stars were not that well received, you know, by the women on the straight side. Um, You know, sometimes the fans would have issues with performers that were crossovers and that kind of stuff. So I want to get your take on as someone who's fresh in the game, someone who's been in the game for a year and a half and who's doing crossover work. What has been the the vibe that you've gotten from both the industry as well as the fans in regards to you, you know, doing bi, straight, and gay porn? Yeah, yeah. So as I've uh, as I've experienced it so far, I haven't noticed much of any problems with it at all from like the studio side. Uh, from the fan side, it gets interesting. I've had some people that, uh, you know once I've done a few gay scenes and then they saw that I did straight and bi scenes, uh, we're not like too happy with that. <laughs> so that was, uh, that was a little surprising because I figured they'd be completely fine with it. But um, in some cases they're like, Oh no, we don't want to see you doing like straight porn or like bi porn. We only want to see you doing gay porn. And that was coming from the gay fans. Uh, now for the straight fans, I didn't see that as much, um, but from the bi fans uh, there's, and there's a bunch out there surprisingly a lot more than I expected. Uh, they're like, Oh no, I'll keep doing bi threesomes. Like we love that. Like, we love seeing when you do, like, straight porn, gay porn, and bi porn. Uh, So I would say most of the feedback I've gotten has been from the bi side and the gay side, a little bit from the straight side as well. Uh, Mostly, they're just uh, really, they were excited when my scene with Val came out and uh, Angie Lynx. um, They were really like, yeah, keep doing more stuff like that. We like it. They didn't seem to care as much. But when I started doing, like, straight scenes and, like, bi scenes, uh, there were some on the gay, gay side that were like, hey, why, why are you doing straight porn or bi porn? And, like, uh, at the same time, some were understanding. So it's kind of been a mix of both, which has been interesting. Very interesting. All right. And it's good to hear that the studios, you know, seem to be very chill about it. I mean, I would say, especially because of, of OnlyFans and that sort of thing, um, the amount of crossover stars that are in the industry that are doing incredibly well has increased significantly. Like, I mean, you know, I can name off some names. Dante Cole, Jaden Marcos, uh, Dylan yep, Diaz, yep, yep. Rodrigo Amor. Yep, right. There are some powerhouse male performers that are crossover stars. Now, you talked a little bit about the studio reaction. How has it been with uh, as in regards to female performers and working with them? Have they been pretty chill about you being a crossover star? For me, surprisingly, yes. I expected some of them, uh, just based on the history, like you mentioned before, some weren't always like comfortable working with crossover stars. But so far, all the ones that I've talked to um, have been completely fine with it. I haven't run into any issues at all. Uh, and that surprised me because I was expecting more of that, but uh, didn't uh, run into it at all yet. And that hasn't been said. At the same time, I do this more so like on my free time. So I haven't been like doing as much collabs as, uh, say, I don't know, like someone that does this for like a full-time job, like say Jaden Marcos or Pierce, mm-hmm. Pierce Perez or Dante Cole. But uh, in the experience I've had for the people that I've reached out to so far, um, everyone's been chilled. Uh, what I've noticed is like most people, especially the bigger performers, as so long as you have clear test results uh, in the last week or two, they're completely fine. Usually because the studios will require or strongly advocate that if you're going to work with anyone with OnlyFans or Just for Fans, make sure that they're tested two weeks prior before you do, just to be on the safe side. And obviously that's a safe precaution and a wise precaution in my book, too. Absolutely, 100%. And it's great to hear that you haven't really received as much pushback as performers did in the past. I mean, it's nice to see that the industry as a whole and performers as a whole, you know, their um, their mindsets has evolved uh, 
with the modern day times. That's awesome to hear. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe maybe it's just that I've been lucky, or that I uh, experienced less of it being up in the Pacific Northwest. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, to me, it's been uh, something that I haven't run into at all yet. Now let's go back in time. We're just going to go back in time about a year and a half, and let's talk about your first time on a porn set. What was that experience <laughs> like for you? You know, in front of the cameras, you're going to perform. What was going on in your mind? Hmm. Let's see. The very first time, like, uh, well, they let's see. They flew me out. They flew uh, flew me from Portland to San Diego, and uh, put me in a hotel. And the whole experience at first, I was sort of surreal. I was just thinking to myself, "Wow, like, is this like actually happening? Am I actually doing this?" And you know, you have all those thoughts go through your head about, "Oh, like, you know, who's going to say something when they see this? Like, is the relative going to see this online or something?" And then it's just like, "All right, well." You know, it is what it is, and uh, as long as you have a good explanation for it after the fact, then you're all good. But uh, when I got on the scene, uh, this one uh, surprised me because before I expected, uh, let's see, which, which scene was it? Sean Cody. So I expected, like, a whole lot more of a bigger kind of like a camera crew, but I guess uh, depending on the situation, the solos that they do and only the one-on-ones don't require as many people, so there's just, like, a director and a camera person there. Um, let's see, and they paired me with uh, Manny, great performer. I loved working with him. And uh, basically, once I just got into the the swing of it and just remembered, like, to stay focused on my scene partner, it all just started happening, like, very naturally, uh, a lot more than I expected. You do the scene, it would last a few hours, and then you get all the good shots, and then, uh, you know, they just send you back to the hotel after that and uh, send you home. And uh, it was a lot, well, once I got the first scene out of the way, all the nervousness for all the scenes that came up after that just went completely away because I was expecting it to be like a lot more of a stressful event, but maybe I got lucky in that that very first scene was just super easy for me to do. Oh, that's awesome to hear. Yeah, very nice. And, and so performing in front of the camera wasn't an issue at all for you. I mean, clearly you had the experience at the swingers club where in in essence you were performing for a crowd of people. So that was almost like a, for lack of a better word, like a test shoot. I mean, you basically performed a live sex show. So yeah, what's, what's really funny about that too, now that you mention it actually is I remember like after uh, like getting ready to do this on my own thing after that guy had like offered me the uh, $8,000 or whatever, um, I went back to Club Pravada a few more times just to make sure that I could do that in front of a bunch of people. So that probably, now that you mention it, did prepare me a whole lot better. Because when you think about it, three people or four people in a room on set versus, God, how many were people? How many people were there that one night? At least 35. Uh, there was, it, it probably prepared me for it way better than I expected because the um, I, I probably had no reason to be nervous on that first day if I'd performed in front of four people versus having done that before for 35, uh, obviously I think most people would say doing it in front of 35 people is a lot more difficult than doing it in front of four, right? <laughs> totally. Yeah. 100%. That's so, that's so fascinating. Yeah. Like, yeah, you gave yourself your own, uh, screen test for lack of a better word. Awesome. Quite, quite true. Quite true. Yeah. <laughs> what do you enjoy most about starring in porn scenes? Ooh, let's see. Um, I would say probably my scene partners. Like, I've gotten lucky. Like, I would say the vast majority of people I've been paired with were people that I was really excited to work with. And it's one of those situations where, you know, you're put on scene and then you realize, like, who you get to work with as your scene partner. And it's just like, oh, wow, like, we get to actually have sex. And the excitement builds at that point, too. 
and it's and obviously like studio sex is different from like real sex or only fan sex but at the same time it is still sex and you're just like wow like i get to work with this person it's going to be uh super exciting <laughs> so I, I i would say i loved it so far it's been pretty good let's talk about the good and the bad about being on a set being at a porn shoot when you're at a shoot, what turns you on the most and what turns you off the most? See, I think if I had a good, like, whenever I'm on a set and I have a chance to go talk to the scene partner before and, like, get uh, a chance to build some chemistry, uh, that I like a lot, usually because that helps to, like, calm any, like, nerves that you might have before, uh, you know, meeting this person for the first time. Uh, so the good is, like, uh, any studio that lets you, like, meet your scene partner before and have a little, like, quick chit-chat, uh, that's the good of that. Uh, it's really also nice when they pay for all your food and all that other stuff beforehand uh, and, like, after the shoot. I definitely like that. It's definitely much appreciated. <laughs> and then uh, let's see. What else? Let's see. The good and the bad. There's not a whole lot in terms of bad, uh, with, with a few exceptions, actually. I would say um, any of the scenes that tend to last longer than four to six hours, that's where it starts to get a little bit rough because maintaining a boner for four to six hours, uh, you can do that if you have a really creative mind, right? And you just know what turns you on, but doing it past six hours starts to get really challenging. Let me tell you, that's where you just get to a point where it's like, uh, it feels a lot more like work than fun at that point. And I've only had about mm, three or four of those type of shoots, but, um, usually it's because, uh, they have to make up the scene more or uh, there's more acting involved. There's more props. They have to prepare the props. They have to get the right, like, camera and lighting working for the particular scene, stuff like that. Um, and obviously, you know, as a professional, you can handle, like, whatever they throw at you. If you're going to have to stay there for six hours or eight hours or ten hours, then that's part of the gig. But it's a lot more enjoyable when you can complete a scene in, like, two to six hours. Uh, my record was completing one in two hours, and that happened to be one of my uh, best scenes as it was so far at active duty. So that one was definitely a lot of fun. Something that has been brought up frequently when I've interviewed performers is the fact that, as you sort of alluded to in a previous answer, is that sex on camera is a little different than sex in the real life. You know, when you're having sex on camera, you have to open up for the camera because, you know, you have to yep, open yep. up in a sense so that we, the viewers, the audience, your fans, can see the stuff that we're supposed to see, you know, like the penetration and that sort of thing. So I want to get your take on being someone who's a fresh face in the industry, a star on the rise, and I want to get your take on opening up for the camera. Was that something that was a little difficult to adapt to at the beginning of your career in the industry? I would say for the first three scenes, it was. After the first three scenes, I got used to it a little bit more. Um, the interesting thing, I guess, between like having sex uh, like at a swingers club uh, or whether or not you have like an audience at a swingers club and doing it versus doing it on a porn set is that, yeah, you're right. For a porn set, uh, they want to see the penetration. They want to see all the action versus, say, when I did a swingers club where people just were like, you know, grateful to get any kind of a view at all, right? No one would ever say anything about it. Like, oh, hey, open up, you know, for the camera because no cameras are allowed. So, <laughs> but I would say for the first uh, – the first three scenes, uh, you have to switch the angles a little bit, and you have to be a little bit more cognizant of where exactly the camera is. Um, once you figure that out, uh, then the flow becomes better, like, at least for me, every scene there on after becomes, because it uh, just becomes automatic at that point. 
But, uh, yeah, yeah, so far it's been uh, pretty good. I would say the first three scenes. Uh, there was a few other scenes I did on occasion where it was a little bit more tricky just because of the director involved. But uh, luckily uh, we were able to see past the, uh, you know, issues with that. But long story short, uh, for certain directors, don't block camera views or you will get an earful for it, let me tell you. <laughs> Let's break a porn scene down. In a scene, which do you enjoy the most, oral, vag, or anal? Ooh, you know, if I would have to say, uh, and this applies both to girls or guys, anal. I fucking love anal. In a scene, do you enjoy being rimmed or rimming? Um, I like both, yeah. I would say the actual penetration is more fun for me, but you could call that nice foreplay. So, yeah, I like both uh, rimming and being rimmed whether it's for guys or girls. In a scene, what's your favorite sexual position to perform on camera, and is it the same position you enjoy in your personal life? Uh, yes, to both, actually. Uh, prone doggy, where like I, like, and you basically are on top, and then your partner's like legs are completely together, and they're like lying down flat on their stomach, and you're over them. It's like doggy, but it's a little bit more of like a dominant doggy style, and from a camera perspective, it looks really, really good. Trying to get penetration uh, shots for that as well. It's a little bit trickier from the behind, but you can do it uh, if you work the cameras just right. Um, and as it so happens, that position is the easiest for me to nut in, so I fucking love it. <laughs> and, of course, we know how a scene ends with the cum shot, the money shot. In a scene, oh, yeah. where's your favorite place to shoot your load? I would say probably on someone's face. How would you describe your fuck style? How would you describe your style of fucking? Let's see. I would say, me personally, I would describe it a little bit more as like, uh, it's sometimes aggressive and dominant, but like, I would say, like, especially if I'm like in the moment, getting a little bit more sensual is a lot more fun. That for me turns me on a lot more than anything else. Nice sensual kissing and touching and stuff like that. And then working up to the more dominant, aggressive, uh, more active fucking. That's my style probably now when I think about it. Now, I'm sure you've gotten this question from your fans. So I want to ask it here for those out there that might be curious that, uh, you know, are wondering if this will happen in the future. Bottoming on camera. <laughs> ah, yes, yes. Yes, yeah, so you're wondering if I'm ever going to bottom for a thing. I'm sure the fans want to know, so I'm here to ask the question. I'm, I'm serving as a of, conduit of between the fans and you. Of course, of course. Let's see. There is a possibility of that, maybe. Uh, quite honestly, it would be probably nice if there was, like, a bigger paycheck for that. Uh, but I have thought about it. It's something that I'm not going to rule out indefinitely, but there's a possibility of that in the future, maybe. So I'll keep that option open. Um, what's interesting is I found that as a top, if you can hold off on doing that for longer, tends to be a more dramatic thing when you finally end up doing it, whether it's like a few months or like a year or two down the line. So if there's something I do, I might push it out just a little bit longer. So maybe. I'm not going to rule it out indefinitely, but that is maybe. All right. Do you have in the back of your mind – the ideal scene partner that would, in essence, take your bottoming virginity on camera? Ooh, tricky, tricky. Oh, uh, let's see. Hmm. You mean, like, if I had to, like, choose one at random? 
If you could choose the person that you were paired up with, do you have someone in mind? Hmm. Let's see. Let's. See. I know you don't always get the choice. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes yeah, you yeah, just yeah, show yeah. up to a suit, show up to a. I can't even talk. Sometimes you just show up to a shoot and you have no idea who your scene partner is. But if you know, because this would be a big deal. This would be Kyler Drake bottoming on film for the first time. If you could choose, who would it be? Let's see. Well, let's see. I would say one for sure. One for sure would be Jaden Marcus. That would probably be something I'd be okay with. Like, mostly because he's also done like the crossover both on the bi and straight and the gay side. So that that would be an interesting one for sure, Jaden Marcus. Another one would be let's see who was that person at Corbin Fisher, Chandler. Although I don't know if he still does. Uh, any adult work, but yeah, I think uh, I only know him by his like first name, Chandler. I don't know what his last name is, but yeah, Chandler. He's from like Bye Guys Fuck. That might be like my other choice uh, if the person was still working. So that like, if I had to choose like top two, would be those two, either Chandler or Jade Marcos, just off the top of my head. If you were to ask me randomly. All right, I love that you're not scared of uh, size because you mentioned Jaden Marcos. <laughs> I know. Well, he is kind of big, isn't he? There you go. All right. It makes it for, for an even more entertaining bottoming debut. I mean, well, I figure if, if you're going to do something like that, you might as well go all out, right? So you've got to deal right. with uh, someone that's uh, going pe- uh, to like, pique people's interest where they're like, oh, shit, yeah, that's definitely something I want to see. I love that Kyler Drake is ready to dive into the deep end of the pool. That's awesome. Yeah, props to you, <laughs> man. Yes. I mean, hey, you got you to go all or go nothing, right? Very true. Well, since we're talking about size, let's get into the big question about you. How much is Kyler Drake packing? Nine inches. And let's talk about the cum shot, because we briefly mentioned it a couple of uh, questions ago. But I want to get your take on preparation. You know, when you have a scene coming up, when you have a shoot coming up, whether, you know, it's original content for your OnlyFans, uh, a, a, uh, you know, a solo scene or anything, what do you do to prepare to make sure that the pop shot, uh, for lack of a better word, pops on camera? Oh, right, right. So... Uh, the money shot, as it is known in the porn industry, is a very important shot. Uh, it's definitely one you don't want to mess up. I've been on scenes before where I have seen people mess it up, and uh, it makes things really, really complicated. In some cases, if the cum shot is not up to par for what they uh, for what they want, then basically they might hold you over a day and redo it in some cases. Um, luckily, that's never happened to me personally, but I've seen scenes where that has happened to other people, and I'm just like, oh, shit. That kind of sucks so you can, because it kind of ruins, the, well, not ruins, but messes up the schedule a little bit. you got to do things at the hotel, the plane flights back and forth. But what I personally do to prepare for it is I would say, I'd say there's two types of shooters when it comes to cum shots, right? There's basically the shooters, and then there's more like the dribblers. I would say I'm somewhere in between, uh, usually more like dribbler than the shooter, um, unless I do certain types of preparations for it. Uh, basically, if you can handle not jacking off and nutting, for a solid two weeks, then on top of that, make sure that you, like, this is me personally, I don't know if this works for other people, but eat a lot of cantaloupe, uh, stay hydrated, and have a lot of, like, green tea matcha supplements. That personally, for me, seems to maximize the cum load on the days where the cum shot is going to happen for the scene. And I would say, uh, let's see, for 80% of my shoots, that technique has worked pretty, pretty good so far. Now let's talk about some of your favorites thus far. You've been in the industry for a year and a half. 
Who have been some of your most favorite performers to work with over that time? Now, I'm not necessarily looking for, you know, top three, top five, or anything like that. Um, just in general, like, performers that pop into your head right now that you look back and you're like, wow, that was a really good scene. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Top. Oh, that's right. You're not looking for a top five. <laughs> it's, uh, any standout performers. Let's see. I'm going to name both guys and girls in this case. Uh, on the guys' side, I would say Jonathan Tyler and Brody Fox were my absolute favorites. Uh, their style and like their the chemistry between them, and especially like when we talk about their looks, like 100% what I would go for as like my like number one choice. Um, so those uh, for scene partners work really good. And both guys are like really cool and they're like easy to talk to. Uh, both are from Florida, interesting around the same area, Fort Lauderdale. So the, they like the sunnier weather, which is nice. Uh, and let's see, I would say what's nice about them for scene partners is both those guys can take big dick. I mean, they can both take dick like it's just like their job to do so, and they know how to do it like really well and make it look awesome on camera. So uh, mix that with some chemistry and like near-perfect looks for both guys. Uh, those are my like two favorite guys, I would say, like than the two favorite scenes I've had so far. And then on the girl side, uh, Angie Lynx, and she's a Finnish European porn star, and Valerica Steele uh, for the see him fuck scene. Uh, both people were like super easy to work with, and uh, you know I would say just looks wise, fucking amazing. And uh, <laughs> I would say for both of those uh, two girls that I had to work with as well, like I had to probably stop filming halfway through, uh, or had to stop filming the cameras like twice because they were getting me to the point where I was about to nut, and I was like, hold on a sec. Like, pull back a little bit. Let's wait a little bit longer. Otherwise, I'm going to bust the nut shot too early. But, uh, yeah, those are definitely fun. Now let's work on the power of manifestation. Who have you not worked with yet that's on your wish list? Who is on Kyler Drake's wish list? Who would you love to work with in the near future? Hmm, let's see. I would say Theo Brady would be an awesome one. Uh, let's see. There's also – see – Tanner Twink, or at least I think that's his Instagram handle. I don't know if uh, it's like full porn star name, but yeah, Tanner Twink would be one. Uh, and then Chandler from Corbin Fisher, if he's still doing it, or uh, Sebastian from, uh, I think, Gay Hoopla. But I, I don't think if he's uh, been working for a little while as well. Now, on the girl side, Elva Elfie would be nice for that. She's a pretty big name, so I would probably have to get uh, decently lucky to work with her, but you never know. So uh, those would be the... Uh, ones I would say that would be the awesome, awesome scene partners to have for sure. As someone who's still a fresh face in the industry, I'm kind of curious to ask, are there any individuals in the business, whether they be in front of the camera as performers or fellow content creators or people behind the camera that you look up to? Are there any individuals in the adult industry that inspire you in what you're trying to do in, in the slice of pie that uh, Kyler Drake wants to make? I would say the people that I look for uh, or look up to for inspiration, one I've worked with already is Pierce Paris. Uh, that guy, let me tell you, he has done some wild, wild, crazy things, and uh, it's just amazing the different things that he can do in the way that he markets his, like, persona uh, and the things that he's willing to try. Like, uh, just from a, and from a porn star actor standpoint, that just amazes me, and I look up to, the, like, his energy, and I'm just like, wow. Like, some of the things he's been able to do, I mean, he even, I think, got to work, like, with uh, some of the people from Jackass, and I was just like, wow, like, this guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool. I see Pierce Ferris. And actually, uh, Johnny Rapid, I worked with him a bit as well. And 
he like the way that he does his like thing and uh, his website and all that uh, just really inspires me and like all the different like things that he's been able to do with it and the fact that as a porn star he's been able to do that for like so long and still like keep a really strong fan base uh, definitely look up to him as well I want to ask you about your scene with seehemfuck.com. I want to get your take on it just because the way that they shoot that scene, or their scenes, I should say, in general, is incredibly yeah. different than a typical porn scene is shot on the straight side of the industry. The focus of the See Him Fuck scenes are on the men. So I want to get your take on being the male performer in those scenes and uh, basically having the female talent cater to you in that scene. Well, it was exciting, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> in addition to it being exciting, um, it was one of those situations where I hadn't actually had a girl do that to me before. So I did discover uh, from that scene that there's certain things that a girl could do uh, when they're, like, rimming you or doing stuff from behind uh, that might cause a guy to, like, nut really quickly if they're not expecting it, which is almost what happened to me on camera with that scene. Um, Valerica's just, like, so good at what she does that I got to the point where I'm like, oh, wait, hold on, slow down, like, we got to stop here where I'm going to bust a huge fucking nut. And uh, <laughs> uh, from the camera work as well, uh, they do focus on a lot more of the guy. Um, I, I would say a lot of people um, from the straight side did watch that, you know, for the scene with me and Valerica, but I got a lot of attention actually from fans that were like, oh, I loved your see him fuck scene because I got to see like more of your ass and like more of your body. So what's nice about that particular studio or those type of scenes is that it seems like both the straight, gay, and the bi fans all tend to love those scenes universally uh, for a variety of different reasons. I'm sure you did a whole bunch of stuff in that scene that you probably had never done before, because they also do a lot of stuff with feet, right? Uh, oh, yes, yes. And see, that's another thing that's interesting, too. Like, I before going into the industry, I did not realize how big of a fetish uh, footplay was. Like, there's a huge, huge amount of that type of porn online. And when I saw that and realized that people, like, you know, they'd request for it randomly on OnlyFans or JustFans, like, I want to see your feet, I want to see your feet. And I'm just, like, to myself wondering, like, what makes people so, like, horny about, like, feet? And, like, I asked a few performers about that, too, because I was so curious about it. And someone once said, they're not, like, 100% sure, but they said that in some cases the – brain neural pathways that associate arousal uh, in the human brain seem to be close to the nerve sensations for feet, or so they say, and that's one of the possible theories behind why, why people like it so much, and I just thought it was fascinating because I did not realize how big of a foot fetish was out there in the adult industry until I jumped into it, and I'm just like, wow, like, some people fiend over feet, and you know what was really funny about that, too, is there's a reference to that in House of Dragon in one of the episodes there. And I realized it a second time outside of the adult industry when I saw it, like, on that TV show. I'm like, wow, like, if they're showing it on a show that's as popular as Game of Thrones or House of Dragon, there must be some, like, underlying public uh, fetish with feet. So it's a much bigger thing than I ever realized, and I was just blown away by that. And I'm like, wow, okay. Uh, yeah. May it change my perspective and, I guess, uh, some of the ways that I think about sexuality just a little bit uh, based on that. I'm just like, wow. Uh, there's so many different ways that uh, people can get aroused, and I guess speed is one of them. <laughs> Absolutely. Shout out to all of the foot fetishists that are listening right now. Yes. <laughs> yep, yep. What I want to do now is shift the tone of the interview just a little bit and get into some of the more serious issues in the industry. And the first question that I have for you is, are there any misconceptions or myths about porn performers that you would like to dispel? 
Uh, sure. Yeah, I would say uh, we don't think about sex 100% of the time. Like a lot of us do have normal lives. And uh, I would say probably 50% of the performers out there also have jobs outside of porn as well. Um, I myself do tech, whether it's IT or cybersecurity, I do both. So I would say remember that uh, at the same time, while these people do make really good adult content, they do have lives outside of porn. And that is definitely something that I would say would be good for everyone to remember. Is there an aspect of the adult industry that you do not enjoy? Oh, uh, let's see. Let me think about that for a second. Like an aspect of the adult industry that I don't like as well. Um, I would say, uh, and I haven't experienced this as much, only the very rare studio or performer that doesn't take the job seriously and is more, uh, thinking of it more as like something just for fun. Uh, luckily, I haven't run into that too much, but I have run into it once, twice, and I just remember thinking, okay, this is probably not a studio I'm going to uh, work with again, but uh, luckily that has been extremely, extremely rare. Um, but yeah, that's one for sure. In your opinion, as someone whose star is on the rise, and as someone who is getting you know, the chance to work with some of the bigger studios in the industry, is there any competition among performers in the adult entertainment industry i'm not necessarily asking you know if you're competing with other performers but do you feel like other performers maybe might be competing with you do you feel like you know as someone who as you're as you said you know you have a regular nine to five and you're doing this kind of like on the side but you are working with some huge name studios like do you ever feel like some people are looking at you and like hmm why is kyler getting all that work <laughs> uh, without mentioning names, yes, I have had some people uh, ask me that, and I've, I've heard someone ask a, a director that on scene, which made for a very awkward moment for all of us. But uh, that does happen on occasion. Um, I would say when it comes down to it, uh, when you're in that situation, you just uh, approach it as professionally as possible and, you know, don't try and make, like, a big deal out of it and don't make uh, drama over a situation like that. Um, there's some that would compete with me, but at the same time, everyone has their own, their own style and their own persona. And usually, like when it comes to the fans especially, uh, the studios will recognize that people want to see like a particular person usually for their well-known thing. Like some people want to see big dicks, so they'll go like to uh, you know, my side. Sometimes they'll want to see more of a twink or they'll want to see more of a bear, so they'll go for other performers. And that's the nice thing about porn. Like there's so many different categories and aspects and things that turn people on, that luckily there's room for it all. Now, that having been said, certain things uh, are really in high demand, and uh, for those things that are in high demand, you usually do see more competition. In my case, if there was competition, I would say it's primarily with other people that have really big dicks or, and are in really good shape. Um, but luckily, in uh, my particular case, since I do this on the side as much, I don't really fight for those things as much as like some other people would, because again, it's not my main job. But uh, there have been some instances before where I've seen uh, uh, someone ask the director, like, point blank, like, why is he getting all these more, you know, scenes than I am? Uh, and then the director's like, well, just uh, go talk to the casting director. Uh, we just, uh, you know, we just shoot the scenes. Like, uh, they just basically pointed them at the casting director. And uh, I, of course, just didn't say anything. I was just like, all right, uh, whatever. <laughs> I thought it was, like, uh, slightly amusing, but at the same time, I got it, though, because it was, like, their main, like, job. And so... If it was my main job, I'd be a little bit upset about that, too, because, you know, you want to make more money, and you make more money by shooting more scenes. 
totally understand, but good grief, how cringe it was it to, to have to experience that face to face. Yeah, you know? yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to mention names, but it did happen, and I'm just like, oh shit, I'm just like, <laughs> so uh, it was, uh, it's one of those things where like you try to approach it as professional. Sometimes you just don't say anything. It's just a smarter thing to do. Exactly, because at the end of the day, I mean, it's not your fault, you know, you didn't cast yourself, so it's like, you know, yeah, I could yeah. just imagine in your mind just thinking, like, what do I have to do with this? Well, yeah, well, I mean, it's just, it's it's an awkward situation, I'm not going to lie, it was one of those things where, like, in my mind, I just uh, had an unconscious thought of, like, my God, did they really just say that in front of the director, and I'm just like, Ugh. but, <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, the important thing there is to not, like, escalate it and make it worse, like, you know, if if someone was an asshole, they could have laughed about that on set, but that would have been highly unprofessional, so that's just not something you do. Yeah, I feel you on all of that. All right, so I want to get your take on the step genre in the adult industry. You know, stepmom, stepdad, stepbrother, stepsister, that whole situation. I want to get your take on just the, the step genre in general, uh, in my opinion, I mean, I call it incest light because at the end of the day, that's what you're doing. I mean, even though nobody's related in the scene and you have to say step and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, incest is, in essence, the vibe in which, um, you know, is being sold there for the most part. So I want to get your take on it as someone who's new in the game and uh, who's done, if I'm not mistaken, you've done a couple of scenes like that in the past, correct? Um, let's see. I don't think I've done... Oh, actually, I've done only one. Uh, that was the torrid bisexual threesome with Johnny's stepmom. That was interesting. That was interesting. Now, there was some uh, acting involved in that, for sure, I will say, just because that, uh, uh, that was not one that I'd done before. But it was an interesting one. Um, when you say you want my take on it, uh, what exactly are you probably looking for? Like, whether I like it or not, or like what? Just your opinion on being a performer. And, I mean, you've done it once before because... It is incredibly popular in the industry. I'm going to assume you will more than likely do it again in the future. So just your take on the genre and the popularity of it. Ah, okay. I got you. I got you. So in this case, yeah, I would do another scene like that. Uh, I would say for people to remember, especially uh, anyone like who relates some of the work that we do to our personal lives, uh, whether it is or isn't true, uh, anything involving like uh, anything on the step side, you know, stepbrother, stepsister, anything else like that, I would remind people that it is just acting. Now, it does fulfill a fantasy, but at the end of the day, it is simply uh, an acting thing. But people do really seem to love it online for some reason. So um, I would say if I had another one of those things, uh, would I do it again? Yeah, I'd do it again, no problem. Uh, just I would say if people see me in any of those things, again, to remember that it is mostly part of the acting gig and it is uh <laughs> this is definitely uh something that's like not true outside of like, the porn industry let's talk about romance in the industry let's talk about dating as a performer full disclosure oh, for yeah. the listeners like i don't know if you're dating i don't know if you're in a relationship i don't know if you're single hell you could be married so i just want to get your take on being a performer in the industry someone who's been in the game for about a year and a half and uh, the concept of dating while being a porn star. So it's interesting. I would say anyone else that's in the industry would uh, classify performers in like one category and everyone else in another one. Like basically if you date outside the industry, uh, it's referred to as dating a civvy or a civilian uh, versus dating someone that's already in the industry. And I think the reason for that is 
uh, and this is probably another misconception that a lot of people have a hard time wrapping their head around, but uh, when we do work for studios, OnlyFans, and other stuff like that, I would say for the vast majority of us, it's just a job. And that's the part that a lot of people outside the industry have a hard time understanding. When you say it's just a job, they're just saying like, well, yeah, it's just a job, but you're going and like fucking this person, you're getting like enjoyment for them. It would be like on par with cheating. And to those of us who are in the, in the industry, it's like, no, it's not really cheating. Uh, it's not even cheating at all. It's just our job. It's what we do for our living, right? We go and we make studio porn, we make OnlyFans. And at the end of the day, we go home from our work and have our normal lives. Now, if you can date someone that's okay with that, then it's fine. But a good percentage of the population, be it guy or girl, has a hard time understanding that one aspect of the industry. And that does make dating a little bit more challenging. So when it comes down to it, I found the best thing to do is to disclose that upfront as soon as possible because if someone's okay with it or not okay with that at all, then it's better to get that out of the way beforehand versus, you know, say, I don't know, a month into the relationship or two months when they find out and they're like, oh, wait, you're a porn star. Why didn't you tell me? And then, you know, that makes for another really awkward conversation. So <laughs> I found that uh, if you disclose it early and then you find someone that's okay with it from the get-go, then from there you can take the dating to the next step and, like, work things up. As long as they understand that what we do is a job, uh, then it's usually okay from that after that. Now, let's shift away from the serious questions, and let's focus on your original content. Tell the listeners about all of your original content, because you do have different avenues in which you release your content, not just OnlyFans, but you do have two OnlyFans. So can you break down the differences between the OnlyFans, and can you share with the listeners what can they expect in regards to your original content? Sure, sure. So I would say uh, for anyone that wants to see any of the free stuff, uh, Pornhub has a lot of my stuff uh, up for free, which is nice. If you just want to like real quick preview of like some of the stuff you might see on the OnlyFans, Pornhub would be a good spot to go to, and that's already easily accessible from my Twitter and my Linktree. Uh, but yeah, as for it goes for OnlyFans, I do have two OnlyFans and actually one just for fans. The reason I have the just for fans for the, uh, the gay and the bi side is because um, anytime I do anything outdoors with gay or bi, uh, for some reason, OnlyFans is uh, not okay with outdoor stuff uh, because it could be like viewed as public in some way, shape, or form. Even if you're doing it outside publicly and it's on your own, like like your own like land or your own house. At the same time, they're like, "Well, wait, this is public. We don't know if it's like legal or not." And at that point, they won't. Uh, they'll take it down from posting. So, the JFF is for anything that I have is uh, that is outdoor on the gay or the buy side. And then uh, for the straight fitness content. Uh, I only have an OnlyFans for that. That is mostly a combination of me just doing straight porn and also some fitness and, like, health routines. Uh, mostly because uh, on the straight side, if I lived in San Diego or Vegas, I'd have a lot more to showcase on the straight side because that's where most of the uh, straight industry stars are. Uh, so if you want nice straight porn and then a decent amount of, like, fitness and nutrition-related uh, advice, that would definitely be something I would recommend to go for or go to my straight-only fans for it. And then if you want the gay and bisexual stuff, uh, obviously Just for Fans has everything versus the other OnlyFans, which has uh, most of everything. I would say uh, there's a lot of me fucking twinks, <laughs> definitely a lot of, like, big dick going into small holes, and I think people really like that about uh, the stuff that I do on OnlyFans because that's where uh, people have been asking me to do more of. Uh, so, yeah, me, me mostly fucking twinks, but I'm also doing more stuff on the gay and the bi side where I'm focusing on, like, working with, like, the buffer guys as well. Again, only me as top. 
uh, yeah, if you want to see more of that, then I would say go to the OnlyFans or the Just for Fans for that, whether it's Twinks or Muscle Guys or uh, just any of my adventures that you see in uh, Europe or uh, on the East Coast. How often do you release new content? How often do you update the various platforms that you release your original content on? Right. I would say usually twice a month, give or take twice a month. Awesome. And is there any content that you currently aren't filming, maybe a particular scene type or something or a particular scenario that you currently aren't doing that you plan on implementing in the near future on, uh, you know, in, in regards to your original content? I definitely want to do more threesomes, but uh, small disclosure, like I do like both, uh, I would say I do like both slim and, uh, or sorry, not slim, uh, hairless and hair, but my preference is definitely for less body hair. That's just like my personal preference. So you probably will see me doing a lot of, like, uh, scenes with people that are more focused on, like, the bear-type look. Uh, I might make an exception here or there, but I do like the smoother look. It's just a little bit more fun, uh, at least for me. In regards to what your fans like, what part of your body gets the most attention from your fans and supporters on social media? <laughs> yeah, my cock and my six-pack. <laughs> people love that for some reason. <laughs> At the same time, I would say also uh, they really do, even though I'm not a bottom, they do like to see shots where my, my ass is fully visible as well. Uh, so I'm working on making more content where they can get the rear view as well because I know that some people like to at least imagine that they're uh, doing some more stuff from behind there. <laughs> Tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know, something unique about Kyler Drake. Let's see. Well, uh, some people, I'll, I'll give you two things, because one people probably do know and the other people don't. Uh, I love cold water swimming. Like, as a means to stay in really, really good shape, at least for me personally, nothing has been better than doing really cold water swimming, uh, whether that's like swimming in the Columbia River off the coast of Oregon, swimming in Finland, or uh, doing a lot of uh, the swimming that I did back in the San Francisco Bay Area at a place called the Dolphin Club, where we did a lot of really, really cold water swimming. Uh, people don't know that about me uh, so I would say uh, some people know that about me, but, like, there's a good amount that probably don't know that I do a lot of cold water swimming. And the second quirky thing is I really love dirty martinis, and uh, the mix that you use for dirty martinis, uh, being that really salty olive juice, believe it or not, uh, believe it or not I'll actually drink that stuff, like, uh, just by itself raw, uh, just because I love how salty it is. Some people think I'm crazy for doing that, but I love salty food. <laughs> Describe yourself in ten words or less. Ooh. That was a tricky one, Poppy. <laughs> you throwing me a curveball there. Right. <laughs> let's see. Uh, ten words or less. Uh, let's see. Uh, super athletic martial artist who loves to swim. I don't know. Is that ten words? <laughs> Is that probably more than ten words? I think that was maybe a little less. So that, so that worked. I like that you made it into a sentence. Yeah. I, I had to I, come up with one on the fly there. That was one I wasn't expecting, but a good one. <laughs> As we start wrapping things up, I have this list of pop culture-oriented questions that are designed to allow the listeners and your fans to get to know some of your favorites. The first question in this set is, what are five of your most favorite television shows? Ooh, this one is an easy one for me. So, top five. Uh, let's start with House of Dragon and Game of Thrones. That's, can I count that as one, or should we say that's two? This is your list, Kyler Drake. You can count it as one if you like. <laughs> I'll count it as one because it's part of a series. So Game of Thrones, uh, Battlestar Galactica, 
Uh, so this one's an older one, Star Trek Voyager. Love Star Trek Voyager. And then, let's see, another one. I'm thinking, oh, there's <clears throat> there's two others that I'm, like, forgetting off the top of my head, but swing back and I might get those other two. But, yeah, just off the uh, top of my head, I'd say Game of Thrones, Battlestar Galactica, and Star Trek Voyager. Who are four of your all-time favorite music artists? Ooh, tricky. Um, there's going to be a very odd mix, but uh, <laughs> uh, Garth Brooks, Jason Aldean, um, DMX, uh, surprisingly, and Rascal Flatts. What are three of your most favorite films? Ooh. Oh, okay. Uh, absolute favorite so far, and this is a new one, uh, Dune. I really love Dune. And then the next two after that, I would say Star Wars, the first six movies. Uh, if we can count that all as like one, I know that some people are like, that's six different movies, but I'll count it as one just for this. And let's see, third, third. Um, oh, the original Aliens made by Ridley Scott. What are two foods you can't live without? Uh, Greek olives and sushi. And what is one of your guilty pleasures? Hmm. See, one of my guilty pleasures. Is this sex related or something else? This is your answer. However you want to answer it. Usually people <laughs> do something non-sex related, but there have been some performers that have given something sex related. So it's totally your answer to customize in the way that you would like. Gotcha. I would say, okay, let's, uh, I'll say a food item for this. One of my guilty pleasures is something from Outback Steakhouse called Chocolate Thunder Down Under. The most amazing dessert ever created on this earth. I absolutely love it. Uh, but at the same time, uh, when you eat something like that, you do need to justify it somehow. And uh, if you have a way to work it out, then definitely I would say do that. Uh, not something I would eat right before a shoot if I'm preparing and trying to be on a really strict, disciplined diet, but... I absolutely love the Chocolate Thunder Down Unders from Outback Steakhouse. My absolute favorite. What are you currently binging? Are you currently binge-watching anything on any of the various streaming platforms? Uh, I'm still binge-watching Battlestar Galactica. I've, I've seen it so many times, but I just really love that series. <laughs> What's next for Kyler Drake? What can the listeners expect from you in the near future? There's a good chance I'll be going to Europe again. And uh, that's probably July, if not like a little bit later in July. Uh, the really nice thing about going to Europe, whether it's Germany, London, or in my case, uh, Helsinki, Finland a lot, is it's a lot easier to set up bisexual three-ways uh, or just threesomes in general like when you do them in Europe. Uh, so that's probably what people are going to see more of once I uh, finally manage to make the Europe trip. And uh, when they do, I think that they're going to find that I have some really, really good stuff lined up for them, too, because I got uh, uh, two or three people that really want to make content. When they see who uh, those people are, I think they're going to be pleasantly surprised. Oh, and then in terms of other possible things, uh, I might have a chance um, either January 2024 or 25 to try and break two or three Guinness World Records. Uh, I wish I could elaborate on that more. But in order to pull that off, I have to actually keep it under wraps a little bit until I actually accomplish the event. And uh, it is definitely something that's going to push me to the limit of even my fitness and training ability, but uh, it is going to be a fun one to try for when I get the chance here come uh, next January or the January after. So that's the two or three things that I have in the mix at present. That was hella vague, but it sounds incredibly interesting. So I can't wait to hear all about it after it happens. Whatever it is. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, yes. it's, uh, there's a little bit of controversy with it too. But if I can pull it off, it's definitely something for the record bro- uh, for the record books. In this case, the Guinness World Record book. So fingers crossed. But there's a lot of stuff that has to come together in order for me to pull that off. So we'll see. All right, incredibly interesting. How can your fans reach you? Where can they find you on the web, social media, as well as links on where they can get your original content? Hook them up with everything Kyler Drake. Of course. Yeah, I would say the number one place to go to would be my Twitter. Uh, From my Twitter, you can get to my link tree really easily, and my link tree has links to all of my content, and usually the best way is to get in touch with me if you want to collab or if you just want to send me a random message. I would say uh, on Twitter, I only answer... DMs typically from people that want to do studio work or collabs. I don't really uh, answer a whole lot on Twitter other than that unless, you know, someone happens to uh, message me and I'm like, oh, shit, they're really hot. Then, of course, I'll respond. But <laughs> otherwise, I would say go to my Twitter. From there, you can get to my link tree. It has both my OnlyFans, my Just for Fan, and my Pornhub, which people seem to really, really love. And uh, also my Reddit and Instagram for my at Kyler Drake. Um, sometimes on my Instagram, I post stories about – uh, what I'm doing on vacation or some of the stuff uh, like right before shoot or right after shoot or even during the shoot if I can uh, manage to make it like PG, right? But, yeah, those are the main links. Go to my Twitter, follow me there, check out my link tree and my Pornhub, and, uh, yeah, I see most of it right there. Perfect. Well, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you would like to say to your fans and supporters that are tuning in? Uh, yes, indeed. I would just like to say thank you for all the support. It's been a fun journey so far. And uh, for those who want to see what's coming up next, uh, stay tuned and uh, check out the Twitter. Well, Kyler, I certainly want to thank you so much for the interview. Oh, yes, any time. And uh, thank you, Poppy. It's been a fun one for sure. I'm glad you had a good time because the door's open for more. Whenever you want to come back to update the listeners on what you've been up to, it would be awesome to have you back on for a brand-new interview. Of course, of course. My pleasure, good sir. Fantastic. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning into One on One with Poppy Chulo. Before we go, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Thank you for downloading One on One with Poppy Chulo. Here are a few helpful reminders. For more information on One on One with Poppy Chulo, visit poppychularadio.com slash after dark. Follow Poppy Chulo on Twitter at twitter.com slash Poppy Chulo one-on-one. That's at Poppy Chulo. The number one. The word on. And the number one. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Poppy Chulo Radio. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash Poppy Chulo Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. Back to you, Poppy Chulo. Thanks, announcer. And with that, Kyler, Drake, and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Good night. Let's go. Thanks for listening to One on One with Poppy Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio. 
And like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash Radio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with some of the adult industry's most popular male performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week.